0: Welcome to the Catholic Center. Welcome to the Catholic
1: Center. Welcome to the Catholic Center.
0: Welcome to the Catholic Catholic Center. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Catholic Dogs Podcast. In today's episode, Father Brian sits down with Margie Bornhorst, a student here at the Catholic Center. They end up talking about scripture and missionary work and prayer, and it is a really fascinating conversation. So we hope that you enjoy it. As always, if you're interested in catching up with what we have going on, you can follow us on Instagram at Catholic Dogs. Margie, how do you spell? How do you pronounce your last name?
1: Bornhorst.
0: Bornhorst. Margie Bornhorst. Mm-hmm. That's nice. What kind of what kind of name is it? Uh, it's German. Know? It is German. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you know any German?
1: No, not at all. Like, I guess my dad's side of the family is all German and stuff. Like his parents are. So that's all that I really know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great. Um. So I've talked to you before uh, regarding discipleship, your witness testimony, your ecumenical spirit, your love for scripture. So any of these we can we can uh, I guess dive into if you're interested or if yeah. you have something that you're particularly uh, doing right now that you're of interest to yourself?
1: Um, no, anyth- any of those that you, like, want to go into, like...
0: Are you reading anything right now?
1: Um, I guess the girls I'm discipling, I'm reading a book with them, but not, like, Scripture. And then just Scripture, just reading random places. I haven't found a specific place I really want to get into because I've been trying to read a lot more of the Old Testament and get through that, and then I was like, I need a little break um, for that. Um, but I guess Isaiah, um, I was reading in that and like, it's funny. I've started reading that and then people who prophesied of me recently, they gave me same verses that I've been reading. So, um, God's kind of funny like that. Um, but with the girls, a disciple, we're reading a book called uninvited. Um, it's oriented more towards like girls talking about, you know, um, the feeling of kind of being uninvited, even when like loneliness, even when you're surrounded by a bunch of people, um, what it's like kind of, you know, to, um, speak lies over yourself and then just kind of get stuck in those lies and like not know your worth. And then like, obviously like you don't, you'll never find your worth if you're searching, you know, everywhere else except for like with God. And like the only way to know your worth is like through God and like, he'll like declare that over you. And like, Like, your confidence only coming from God, um, which is really wonderful to, like, walk um, with them through that. And especially, like, that's a lot that God has kind of, like, taught me over the years in college and stuff. Like, you don't realize, like, I think people don't realize how much they speak so many lies over themselves. Like, they're like, oh, because I wasn't invited somewhere, like, these people don't like me. Or, like, my friends only, like, they felt bad, so they invited me here, which isn't, like, true, but we just, like there's a situation that happens and then we always, like, assume the worst about it. Um, and it's such an easy way, like, for the enemy just to, like, trick us into thinking that, like, we're not wanted and we're not worthy, which is so sad. But it's so easy to, like, get stuck in that um, rut. So that's been really cool, like, walking with them through that, especially, like, um, my, like my sophomore year God kind of taught me a lot about, you know, what it's like to hear his voice, and then, like, differentiating that between, like, the voice of, like, the enemy, Um, just because it's kind of, like, a constant battle, especially, like, I, when I did um, Freshly Prayer through Wesley my sophomore year, the, one of the teachers, she, like, or ladies who, like, um, gives teachings and whatnot, she told me, or told us, was, like, okay, so you believe in heaven, you believe in hell, you believe in like God and you believe in the enemy. So like, don't you believe in like the spiritual realm? Like, you know, like if you believe in those things, you do believe like there is a constant battle. Um, and I feel like just like bringing that to light, like kind of opened so many, like different, like aspects of my life. I'm like, no wonder why, like I feel this way sometimes. And kind of, um, there's, especially if you don't even recognize the lies in your life, it's hard to like battle them, which is why, um, I love scripture because that's kind of like our primary like offense against it because, um, if we want to, you know, get rid of lies, we have to know truth. And the only way to know truth is like through like God and through scripture. Um, so that's why it's like so important to me.
0: Yeah. I like how you make the, uh, the spiritual realm actually something that is concrete as opposed to just something out there that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with us, but, like, you identified, like, a specific lie that you believe on a particular evening uh, and, like, and trying to cast that out. Uh, and I think that's important because it's actually, not only is it super relevant, but then uh, it's actually something that uh, is around us all the time and it's practical and it's, it's very real. I think everyone can admit that. That is very real, that they'd have these experiences. It reminds me of C.S. Lewis's book, The Screwtape Letters. Have you, re- have you read that? No, I haven't. So it's very similar where uh, it kind of gets, to, gets into the, um, the daily habits of, of the evil one, of how they would go about uh, kind of tossing us or into temptation or tossing us into some sort of uh, self-hatred or to turn on each other to kind of create division and c- to create chaos Uh, to kind of sow that separation, if you will, in a very practical level, which is what you identified. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and um, I think especially, like, learning about, like, spiritual gifts and stuff, like, I always felt drawn to, like, the gift of discernment as one of them, um, and, like, same with, like, prophetic. But with discernment, um, a lot of people think discernment means, like, you know how to make the right decision, and, like, when a decision comes about and when God's like, here are some opportunities, oh, you have the gift of discernment, so you should discern what is the right opportunity. And that's not really what, like, the gift is. Like, in per se, the gift is more discerning, like, between spirits and knowing, like, you know, truth from lie and that, Um, I would say. Especially, like, if you, the scripture that reminds me of, like, the gift of discernment the most is um, when Peter goes to Jesus, he's like, I don't want you to die. And, like, Jesus knows that's, like, from the enemy, He's like, I know that's a, that's a good, like, I'm glad you don't want you to die. But the way that, like, he said it, he's like, that's against the enemy because, like, that's against, like, God's will. Like, I, like, Jesus knows that he, like, that's his intention is to die for humanity, to save us from our sins. So he's able to discern, like, um, like, like rebuking, like, the enemy in that, um, which I never really recognized until, um, like I said, like, sophomore year. And then I was like, wow, oh, that's kind of crazy to think about. Um, and it's so easy for our thoughts to kind of get disjumbled between lies and truth. And like, especially when you're trying to figure out what God is speaking, um, he doesn't always necessarily like tell you what to do for things. And that, that's not really exactly what discernment is. And it's not like, oh, I'm so like keen on God's voice. Like I know exactly where I'm going in life because I know what door to open every single time, um, that's not true and honestly that's a way like the enemy can teach us a lie in a sense of like if I make a decision it could be wrong and not God's will and like um he like enemy uses that to like make us not trust God and honestly whatever door we open like God can can overcome it if it is bad um and do even more through it like even if it wasn't necessarily the right decision you know because um, God like has done so many miracles like I don't know, why can't he do them for us? And he does. So,
0: Yeah, the way that I talk about <clears throat> discernment is uh, reading that which is on your heart. And so it is, part of that is actually looking at, okay, is there something that I am insecure about or is there something that I'm believing? Is there some sort of lie? But like looking at the desires that are on your heart and seeing if they are uh, something that withstands that examination and, and is something that God has put there for you to follow right instead of something that is just kind of out there uh, that we're looking to find and to know when it comes to like what god wants for me uh, it's actually written on our hearts written written on our soul if you will at least a desire at least the next step uh, for us to follow and so like you said the discernment is like trying to decide or trying to find okay is this a good desire that i have is this uh is this something that is actually just me wanting fame or honor or power or popularity or whatever, uh, or pleasure, uh, or is it something that is actually true and good and beautiful, uh, for me to follow?
1: Yeah. And sometimes it can be hard because it can be a bit of both. Um, because even if it's something you really desire for God, like sometimes, you know, like our selfishness kind of is, is stuck in that too, um, which is hard to discern in that, um, but like I said, like God can do kind of anything, no matter what decision you make. And I think like, I think everyone, especially in college, I, I mean, even now I sit here and I have no idea what I'm doing next year. Um, and I just want God to tell me exactly what to do. I was talking to my roommate the other night. And I was like, honestly, I don't even want to think about the future because I, I don't know where I see myself. And I just want God to tell me it would just be so much easier that way. And then, um, it's easy to get stuck in that rut and then forget that God kind of like places us, you know, little small callings, um, wherever we are, um, whether it be, you know, to reach out to someone or like calling just to take part in something like, um, like here at UGA, like my calling to serve as, you know, the retreat coordinator here, that it's like a small calling within like, you know, the bigger calling. I think everyone, thinks that, like, in order to understand what God's calling you to do, it needs to be terms of vocation, whether it be, like, marriage, singleness, or, like, you know, the religious life, or, like, your job and career, um, which, your job and career, like, they're a big part of your life, like, I can't not say that, but at the same time, there's so many other things, like, that you can do outside of work that, like, God calls you to do, and, like, you don't, if you pick a job and it's maybe you're like, oh, I don't know if that's what's God calling to me to do. There's so many other things He could be calling to you to do, even like within that or like outside of that, because um, God, God doesn't like God doesn't put us in a corner and tell us, hey, this is all you can do or all this is all that I have for you. Um, which is something I guess like God's still teaching me in.
0: Yeah. So if the what we call the primary vocation are. Our primary vocation, our main vocation, our main calling is sainthood, right? Is holiness is is to be one with God at all, at all times and and growing into that, or walking with Christ and growing in our walk with Christ, so that we're doing it closer and closer every every day or every week or every year, uh, every decade. We're kind of walking closely with Christ and being transformed by His grace and sanctified by His grace. Um, and so, yeah. So the the what we would call, like, all of these other things, they serve that goal, right? They, they serve that goal of, of becoming a saint or becoming holy. Uh, our relationships are opportunities for us to grow in holiness. Uh, our, uh, our jobs are opportunities for us to grow in holiness, right? Whenever we kind of separate uh, everything from that main goal, that primary vocation of sainthood, of holiness, uh, then it just becomes, you know, a kind of a compartmentalized, A religion or a compartmentalized uh, relationship with God. I have this relationship with God and I also have this over here. And and there's like just a tension there, uh, an unnecessary tension. But like, whenever we can uh, bring in all of the stuff of life and say, okay, like today, I would like to uh, do God's will. I'd like to serve God. I'd like to follow God. I'd like to follow His lead. Uh, then these smaller things, like you're saying, during the day or during the week, all of a sudden they arise as opportunities to to dive in, in uh, opportunities to be the hands and feet, uh, opportunities to encounter Christ in a very real way.
1: Yeah, and I think too, for we're, we're so in search of, you know, um, doing something important for God, or like, or even just doing something important, or like what our primary calling is our purpose is, I think we just, like, lose sight of, like, who we are and who God is um, because we're just searching for, like, we're always focused on, like, what we can in the future be doing for God. We're not, like, doing things in the present for God and, like, missing out on opportunities for, like, um, God calling us, like, in missions, like, now. Because um, I think people, like, missionary work something that, like, you know, I might be interested in, who knows. Um, but then I think about it, I'm like, "Are I'm called to missions wherever I go, like wherever I end up, if I end up, you know, going on to further schooling, if I go on to, um, you know, get a job or who, who knows what I'll end up doing, but in wherever, like God places me, we're called to do like, you know, beyond mission, like our calling, you know, um, at the end of Matthew, um, to go make disciples. And like, that is wherever God places us, we're called to do that. Um, called to like bring the word there. And, um, that can look like, oh, in so many different ways, like by loving people and just by abiding with God and, you know, showing people a example of how to live like Christ. Um, so I think people, you know, they're like, oh, if I don't have a job in missions, I'm not really doing missions and it's kind of sad that especially like um it's just common more culture for people to want to do missionary work which is so beautiful but then I feel like our generation kind of loses track of like the power that we have even in like the small things we do um because like we're like God can use us for so many like powerful things and like I mean he called the disciples who were just some fishermen um to perform miracles and like to like they cast their net, like, over the, the water, and, like, the one time to get fish, and the, the net just broke, and that's kind of, like, what God has for us, like, even the small things that we're, like, doing that might be, like, our job or whatever, like, God just, like, has, like, floods and floods of, like, um, just, like, his, his love and, like, mercy and all kinds of things for us, and, like, can still perform miracles even in, like, the day-to-day, um, which I think is incredible.
0: Yeah, and I think that you uh, you testify to that or you witness to that in the sense that you today or this week, you are actively on mission, right? You're not, you're not necessarily just kind of waiting around to do a mission, you're actively on mission and you have people that you engage with, you have your own spiritual life where you are um, praying and trying to uh, be with God and to learn more about truth and to cast out the lies, you're actively seeking the virtues uh, and casting out the vices, uh, you're actively on mission in this world right now, in this week, as opposed to, you know, something, something else. You're constantly like trying to form yourself and live in community with other Christians doing this life, make disciples, uh, engage with other people, kind of instill a hope and, the, and a truth into the, into the world. Um, that's yeah, beautiful.
1: Yeah, that's why, um, the word awakening has always been, like, a word of mine. Um, like, sophomore year, or, I mean, no, it's last year, junior year. All the years are getting mixed up, you know. Um, but I just would write awakening on my hand, like, every single day on my wrist, just because I was, like, you know, and I kind of lose track of, like, when school comes, like, it gets boring, or I just don't see, like, um, just kind of wanting, like, the end of all this work, and, like, it just kind of gets you know a cycle and can be boring and whatnot I I have to remind myself like that's my like calling when I like run into someone in Tate or you know talk to someone in class and like or you know even at the gym like my calling is like to awakening you know by like loving people um by being just like completely myself and loving them the way that like um they want to be loved um, and just to make them feel like known, um, cause I think everybody wants to, you know, um, be known. I mean, I think, you, you know, when people say your name, it just sounds so nice that they remember your name or like when you're passing by someone and they recognize you. I think that feeling is everyone can, I hope they can agree, like that is just a splendid feeling. Um, and so making people known is something too, like within that calling, um, because, God, I mean, he leaves the 99 for the, the one um, because he, like, wants everybody to feel known. And that's, like, something that I, like, truly desire to, um, not just for my friends who know God, but even for people who don't know God. Like, I don't necessarily need to go up to them and be like, do you know scripture right away in a random place? Um, but just, like, loving them and, like, sitting there and listening to them, but not listening to them because I, like, know they... Like, like, I want them to know God, like, then my desire is kind of selfish in a way because they're kind of just a person that I'm looking at to, I guess, use in a way to make me better of a person. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I help bring someone to heaven. But when I'm looking at them and like wanting them to feel known and love them for who they are and like sitting with them and getting to know them, um, you know, and walking life with them, that's like, that's what God did. I mean, like Jesus, um, when he came down, like he, you know, wanted to get to know people. He just, he didn't just, okay, um, I'm gonna do all these miracles and not like care. Um, or like, I am not gonna, you know, cure all these people to have a tally of all the people that I've cured. Um, because I think sometimes I guess like Christianity can get wrapped up in that of how many people have we led to heaven, you know? Um, and that's kind of like, saddening because obviously we want everyone to go to heaven um who wouldn't want like everybody to go to heaven that and whatnot um but then if it becomes more of like what do I gain from this instead of like they could what like you know what they could gain you know um it kind of shows like you know the true um desires of our heart and like where our heart really lies um which is kind of like I guess like more of discernment
0: yeah, well, that's a perfect example of the discernment. So when Jesus was tempted in the desert, uh, he was tempted with these temptations of, of power and fame, basically. Uh, you could have all of these things, or you can be known uh, amongst everybody. Uh, and so he actually rejected that. Like, it wasn't something that he was interested in, or he cast out that spirit. He cast out that... Uh, that lie that it's not about this, right? And that's not the the true uh, aspect of of his mission. And so you just gave the ex- a, a, an example of that of like when it comes to evangelizing and when it comes to sharing this gospel, um, we could say, oh, well, I'm making this disciple, or I'm sh- I'm sharing this good news, or I'm convincing this person uh, that they are of worth uh, but even and so you just gave that example of c- even casting that out where it's not about you in that moment it's about this person actually coming to know God uh, in the moment and you are you are this vessel you are this very privileged vessel of being able to be the hands and feet uh, but it's all God doing that work there
1: yeah um, and I think people have different gifts like some people are able to reach so many people, like, you see um, speakers, famous speakers, um, for, like, whether it be Christian speakers or Catholic speakers, and they're able to, you know, um, reach so many people just because they're relatable in that way, and then there's some people who, like, you might not know them because they're not a big, you know, famous speaker, but they're able to reach, you know, certain people, and maybe it's only, like, a small, small group, and those are the people they reach, or, like, you know, the people that they reach aren't as, you know, known, but that's still, like, making a huge difference like we, we don't have to compare the numbers that we reach um, because I, t- I um, tell my friends some people have the ability I think to stand in front of a crowd and um, like we talked about the, the valley of the dry bones I think about it like prophesize over you know so many dry bones at once um you know stand let's say on on like a stage and prophesize over so many um dry bones in that in a valley and them all to come to life at at once or some of them come to life at once and then some people have this um ability to prophesy over one and that one can then once they are you know no longer dry they can go to their neighbor or another people in their life and prophesize over another um which is crazy because um you don't know the one thing that you could do for someone or the like you love someone um, and care about them and you don't know how much of a difference um, that you've made on their life and they're not going to necessarily come back and tell you, hey, you told me this this once and it, it changed my life because, I mean, I can think of people here who like changed my life, um, that like I wouldn't be where I am like without them. Like I can think of um, like my roommate freshman year and, um, my, one of our, our friends, he, um, our guy friend, he like, they brought me to kind of know God more, um, in college. And like that changed my life. I wouldn't be here without them because they kind of, you know, um, helped me on the path that I am today, um, uh, by providing like wonderful examples to me. And same with even all my like past roommates have brought me to know God and like have changed my life and even small ways of loving me. And so you have no idea like whose whose life you could change and you know um, just by making them feel known. I remember um, my sophomore year, I was leading some I, on. We had a retreat for um, freshly, and I guess I had spoken to some girl and talked to her one night. I don't remember, um, but. The next year, I ended up knowing this girl more through our mutual friends. Became kind of friends. Um, see her, she's um, wonderful, and she was like, "Margie, um, sophomore. Uh, my freshman year, you were a sophomore, and I remember the night when you sat and talked to me, and I didn't have any friends at that point, but I appreciated that, and like that impacted my life. And I was just thinking." I so sorry for not remembering that moment, um, and also that's crazy to think because she's a girl with so many friends. Um, how could I don't know how people could not love her um, and whatnot. And so I was like, dang, um, like that's what I want for people is to feel known, like me being there and just like um, sitting and walk, like listening to them and walking life with them, so they feel um, known because that's how God makes us feel. Um, so I want to like, obviously, even if I love people, I would never be able to love them as much as God. But even just providing like a little sliver so that they can come and encounter God um, is something I really desire for people.
0: Are you uh, you want to talk about dry bones, Ezekiel 37?
1: I mean, sure. <laughs> you want me to talk about it? Or you
0: <laughs> so this is it's significant for you, right, yeah. for whatever reason. I mean, you've you've had multiple experiences with this. Uh, I've had multiple experiences with this text. Uh, I think it's profoundly special. Uh, there's, it's a great image. So it's Ezekiel 37. Am I right? Yes. It's Ezekiel 37. And uh, the prophet Ezekiel is led out into this valley. And God says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, look at all of these bones that are very dry out in this valley. And he says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, do you think that I can bring this to life? Do you think that I can restore life upon these bones? And Ezekiel says, you know, God, only you know what you can do. And and then all of a sudden, one by one, these bones start stacking upon one another and they start to form humans and they start to uh, be rebuilt into the people that they are. Uh, and it's this profound image. I, I communicate it as a story of, that has truth in it rather than kind of get tossed around with the weirdness of, of that image. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, look at what is just happening. There's a restoration happening. It's a, we are seeing that God is a God of restoration and a God of life and a God of resurrection. He's bringing together these bones and these dry bones, and he's, and he's ushering his spirit uh, down upon these bones, and all of a sudden this spirit of life Uh, breathes into their lungs, and they are now uh, coming to life. And Ezekiel is witnessing this. Ezekiel is seeing that this God is a God of life and and restoration and resurrection.
1: Yeah, but that scripture just, it was just, it it is really meaningful to me, Um, especially my sophomore year. Just, I thought after freshman year, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm on fire for the Lord. All these people came into my life. And then I think too, even if we like, we don't recognize some of the parts of our life that are so dry that needs like to be prophesized over, that needs to be bring like awakening, which is like, um, cause I think sometimes we like, we're called to bring awakening to everybody, but sometimes even ourselves, like parts of us that have lost hope need awakening, um, need that restoration. Like you said, um, sophomore year, like, I just was really – like, God is kind of funny because he knows that I'm funny, or at least – actually, I know I'm funny. Um, I'm not going to say otherwise. I don't like when people say I think because you should just say you know. Um, um, so he God wants to make me laugh, so kind of just put people in my life that I just – and bones were just such a symbol to me for a whole year. And, like, even now, like, if someone says bones, I'm like, like, when you told me that story was impactful to you, I told my roommate, like, um, well, she had Corona, so I had a FaceTime her later. <laughs> I had to call her, and I was like, you have no idea what just happened to you. You know my favorite scripture? Like, it's just wild. Like, this is just wild because um, I think just I didn't, my sophomore year, I didn't realize how much, lies that I believed about myself and how much, like, I was trying to, like, learn God's voice and, like, I wanted, you know, to prophesize over dry bones, but, like, if we don't even, like, um, know how to, like, know, know truth for ourselves, how can we even help people know truth, you know? Um, so kind of God kind of, like, teaching me that I, um, it, I guess bones are symbolic. My my roommates, they, they're kind of crazy. <laughs> they, for like not force, they convinced this guy to go out with me that I did not know <laughs> I did, I yeah I didn't really know him but the only thing they told me about him was he had a big bone that he would carry around um for this thing um and whatnot um for like his fraternity so it's kind of funny I was like that's interesting whatever so I went out with this boy la 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 and then um just talked like had through him and through other people, kind of, like, realized how many lies that I was speaking over myself and, like, through that situation and then, like, was trying to learn how to listen to to God. And then I recognized the, the power of, like, Scripture, too, in that. Because, like, if I want to be awakened and if I want to, like, fight lies, I have to know truth. Like, I have to, like, you know, be firm in that truth and, you know, constantly being in Scripture and you know, as a battle, as a, like, as a defense, and, like, I'm not even a defense, even an offense, um, just to be on guard, because, you know, that's the way we fight lies, and then um, so many things, like I said, I wanted to be a vet, and might, who knows what I end up doing, but, um, you know, dogs, bones, Um, a lot of people would tell me about dogs and bones that year, like, just crazy, like, it was just super weird and like people would bring up like that to me and like whatnot and then I remember reading that scripture of dry bones and I was like that is crazy and um end up seeing other, like physical bones like places <laughs> where I would be like I would be in worship and one time I was like I was next to my roommate I was like there's like there's a person with a bone like right there like physical bone and she's like you're overanalyzing this and I'm like Yes, maybe, but also, you know, um people uh, someone told me once that um you know, people are like you see God in everything. Like that's you're kind of like, you know, overthinking it and she's like, "Yes, I like want to see God in everything." I want to like, you know, I think it comes with a lot of discernment, whether it's a sign or not, or what that means. But like, if you're looking for God in everything, like you can find him in everything, like he is in everything. So I think that too. Um, And then that scripture just awakening and I ended up going back home and my um, friend asked me to give a talk about hearing God's voice, which is something that, like, that year had taught me, just because learning truth and lie, then you can kind of lo- understand discernment, and then learn how to hear God's voice, and then, and like, two, like, I was learning how to prophesize over people, and, like, um, a lot of people had told me that I had this gift of prophetic, and it was just, like, really natural for me, and I was like, I... I do believe that I have the gift of prophetic and, um, to awakening these dry bones and whatnot. And the reason why is because I was in scripture so much and I knew truth and I, I like, I was so strong in like knowing God's character and knowing what his heart was for, like that. I knew like, I guess how to bring encouragement to people and stuff in like in the prophetic and whatnot. And then, um, I ended up going on retreat and then sitting there and, after I gave a talk, we had this reflection on dry bones. I didn't look at the schedule at all for this retreat. I just kind of showed up, like, right before. I ended up giving a talk just last minute about hearing God's voice, kind of like what God had taught me that year. At the end of my talk, I'm just sitting there like, I'm like, hope that was good, like, you know, um, and whatnot. And then they play the recording of listening to that dry bones, and it was like, this is funny. God just keeps bringing this up in my life, and even now, so... Um, I mean, just like, I think recognizing him in the small things and realizing like bones were so important to me. And I was trying to figure out, I mean, I still am, but sophomore year, especially I was like, God, tell me what to do. Tell me exactly what to do. Just tell me like, should I be, should I go to? continue on this path to go to vet school should I do something else like is this what you're calling me to do and like I didn't even know like my identity I just didn't know how worthy I was like I just um you know had a lot of self-hatred for myself and then learn how to know truth and like fight against those lies and then realize too in that like God doesn't necessarily tell us exactly what to do which sometimes is like hard for me to hear because I'm like Ugh, I'm very type A but then just kind of God placing callings on my life to, like, be bold and, like, you know, prophesy over people and, like, love people and, like, that and, like, keep my zeal for him and, like, no matter what I do and, like, I don't have to know what I'm doing with my life and whatnot. Um you know, just loving people in in my life, and that's my calling, my calling to awakening, and that passage kind of came back to me, especially, like, as people told me that I was good at prophetic and stuff and and whatnot, and Ezekiel, like, it talks about in that passage, like, prophesize, prophesize over dry bones, and I had prayed for the gift of prophecy that year and whatnot, and then kind of kind of, I guess using me in that and then I realized like that's my gift like I can reach people by like n- you know encouraging people and loving people to awaken these dry bones um and you didn't even realize like how dry the people around you are, like how many people are really dry and need awakening um that can be brought to life
0: when you say prophesy what how do you how do you define that
1: yeah prophecy um I guess the way I was taught about it um, is just, like, encouragement in a sense based on, like, you know, sc- like, scriptural soundness um, and whatnot, like, prophecy not in a sense of, like, where I'm going to tell you, like, oh, who you're going to marry or, like, your job or, like, your future exactly, but prophetic in a sense of here's a word that I, like, have for you and, like, I think, like, you know, God wants you to know, and, like, I'm going to encourage you in that, or, like, hear scripture that, like, I, like, think that relates to you, um, and whatnot, and, like, I, like, I think God speaks to me a lot, and, like, I guess, like, it's not dreams, because I'm not asleep, but, like, images where I'll be in worship or somewhere, and, like, it'll be, like, really vivid, um, and God kind of sp- spoke to me, like, so much my sophomore year in those, in those ways. And then like, um, just cause I, I knew scripture well, like I could know it was, you know, you're not always hundred percent sure, but more be like sound on that. So I think like prophetic in terms of encouragement. And then like, sometimes I, I read scripture and someone I was discipling or, or someone that my friend was talking about this thing. And I was like, Whoa, this is crazy. This like, relates to you like I think this relates to your life like I'm gonna tell you this because I was reading this and we were talking about this and like I think God like had me read this for you I'm gonna encourage you in this or like sometimes even in passing like I'm like I don't know I have this feeling I don't know if this relates to you and sometimes like I think with prophetic too is like you're you're not gonna be a hundred percent accurate like I have probably told people things and they're like <laughs> you know um but I think it's also there's to take and there's to leave, like, if I prophesize over someone, I'm, like, if it is not of God, leave it, throw out the the door, like, if this is not for you. Now, if it is from God, like, good, I want you to know, like, God more and, like, be more firm in your identity and take it and, like, um, use it and stuff. Um, And I think just being bold in that, too, um, because we're not always going to hear God 100%, like, accurate and whatnot, but just being bold because there are certain things that, you know, what if we could have said something and then, and we didn't. I, um, heard once that I'd rather go to heaven and God tell me, why didn't you do that? Um, and because I, you know, I was hearing God so much and wanted, he wanted me to step into boldness and I didn't versus God saying like, why did you do that? I'd rather have him ask, think I'm a little crazy and, you know, tell me why did you do that? Because I was, you know, trying to step into boldness and I, I thought it was him. Because, you know, I tell him with some of my decisions, I'm like, God, if this is not from you, you better speak really loudly because you know, like, I am um, stubborn and you know me, God. Um, so I think just like that and like being bold in that, like I, I tell my roommates, like even this year a friend kind of knew um a lot about his life and stuff um and whatnot and um I hadn't seen him for a while and then I told my roommates I was like I don't know why I keep thinking about this person but I just was like and I was in mass and they're reading the same scripture that I like sent sent him the other year and like whatnot and like so I like send this thing. I was like, I don't know if this relates to your life, but here it is because I just don't know why this came to my mind. But the entire time I'd be like, like sometimes prayer I'm like, okay, if this is not from you and like, God, just like take away this. And I think sometimes even with prophetic, like I don't, it's a different between anxiousness of like, oh, I'm anxious and like in a bad way that's not giving me peace, but like nervous because it seems kind of bold and kind of a little out of your comfort zone, um, which is what I get when I guess I give talks to with people, even though I kind of love it. It's just like right before you get in the swing of it. Um, so that and stepping into boldness in that way.
0: Yeah. When you say stepping into boldness, can you give an, a, an example of yeah. like how, th- how you've done that or how you've been led to do that in, in recently?
1: Yeah. I mean, um,
0: cause it takes courage. Right, it's intimidating, it takes courage, and it it kind of requires a confidence, a supernatural confidence.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think just being bold in the small things, I think being bold, like, when I meet people and, like, loving people, I think that's something that I always think is, like, I guess not having fear if people think that, if they don't like me and stuff, because... I don't really have much to lose. Like, I know my worth is in God. So if they, if nothing happens of this, but if I sit here and like, I know people need friends or like, not need friends or like, you know, they, they seem alone and I could step into boldness by talking to them or like step into boldness because just to, to love people, like, um you know, what's the worst that could happen? I think in my mind, I don't, I don't have anything to lose, you know, and loving them in that way. And like being myself kind of bold in that, like not fearing what people think of me, I think of, and two, I think boldness and prophetic and encouragement. Um, like I said, with with my friend, I think that was like, a, I guess an example of like, I, I hadn't seen this person for, um, a while, uh, a, a good while. um, and don't really know what's up going on in his life, or whatever, really, um, and maybe he thought I was a little crazy, um, given I did, like, message him at, like, one in the morning, being like, this is just straight, like, scripture, but this is exactly, like, what I think, especially, like, I was in mass, and, like, heard the scripture, and then a week later, I kept reflecting on it, and then, um, and whatnot, and then, I went to adoration and it was still on my heart. So I'm like, well, God, if it's not from you, like take this off my heart because I don't know. And then being bold that like maybe maybe it's not really for them, you know, and they don't need to hear that. And, you, you know, because am a part of me is like, I don't know, I'm afraid to beat people through the head with like a hammer and stuff by just sending them stuff that they don't really need. But like what if they need it and stuff? Like I know people have sent me things in my life where I'm like, how did you know that? Like, that's what I needed to hear. And I think just like um, not letting the enemy tell you to be ashamed if like um, you don't feel like it impacted someone the way that you expected it to. Um, because sometimes people are like thank you so much, I appreciate that, and then or they're like thanks, you know, and then I'm like you can interpret a thanks. I was like, oh, I guess they didn't they didn't really matter, you know. Um but that's okay if that's the case too and not letting it um not letting I mean it tell you that like um what you did was wrong and that stuff. Um obviously there are certain things you shouldn't say to people um in terms of prophetic and stuff and there's a certain line which all comes with that's why I also love the gift of discernment. Um but I think just being boldness in the way that you you love and the way that you talk about God and the the way that you choose to um live your life and I mean, obviously, I should care what people think in a sense of I shouldn't just do stuff out of selfishness, but not letting the world and, like, society, like, you know, tell me how much I can love my own self. Like, I don't, I don't care what people think of me in terms of, like, if they think that I'm enough or if they think I'm crazy or, you know, not funny or all these qualities that society tells you you must have. Um, I think just that kind of boldness and knowing, like, I, I'm founded and rooted in God and, like, only God will satisfy me. So, like, if people think those things of me, that's okay. I know, like, and even and the people that, like, are closest to me know, like, know my worth and stuff. I don't need to, I guess, be liked and known and, you know, um, by people, by everybody.
0: Well, you've been restored and awakened and resurrected as a dry bone. Right. As a dry bone, you've, been, you've had the life uh, bit of God been ru- rushed into you and brought you to life, and now you attempt to do that with other people and, and try to do that sometimes one at a time, sometimes it's communities, but you yourself know what it's like to be awakened and restored and to be prophesied over, to have truth spoken to you, uh, and like I said, you've encountered the empowerment of that truth and the fruits of that truth and the fruits of the Spirit, uh, and it has ushered you into a freedom, and now you want other people to have this as well. And whenever people start to you know, perhaps say things about you, right, blessed are you who are persecuted unjustly for my sake, uh, for your reward will be great in heaven. Uh, Christ speaks this and says, hey, they're going to say stuff about you, society will say stuff about you. Uh, but what I love is that you have this confidence, you have this boldness that is uh, capable of withstanding any sort of critique or any sort of comments from others, but it's because you've had, the, you've had this spirit within you uh, because you've been a dry bone yourself and you know what it is like to be Uh, propped up and encouraged and built up by this new life?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think just like confidence in God and like um, people ask me why I can do certain things and whatnot. I think just having that confidence in God. um, And two, I think we spend so much of our time thinking about what people think about us you know, and have those people that you wonder what they think about you, like, they don't even know you, like, (laughs) that well, and I think reminding ourselves, like, one of what God says, and two of, like, our close friends who, like, value us and see us, like, you know, um, I mean, sometimes I drive myself through the dirt, I'm not perfect at having confidence, Um, um, sometimes, you know, sometimes and whatnot, and I drive myself through the dirt of, like, oh my gosh, like, why doesn't someone, like, see how, like, worthy I am or, like, desirable and, like, you know, like, I'm pursuing someone so much and, like, why are they, like, rejecting me, whether it be, you know, um, like, like, people that I want to be friends with or, like, like, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily have to be, like, rejection, a sense of, like, oh, boy and girl rejection um, and whatnot and, like, I think reminding myself, too, like, God is, like, the only one who will satisfy me and, like, you know, like, Jesus literally was re- rejected by the people he came to save, so like I can suffer a little rejection in this life if it means like I'll be in the kingdom, um, because that's even better. And realizing that my my love isn't contingent on whether or not it's reciprocated, um, I think people determine if if they love themselves or if God loves them based on if people love, other people love them or a significant other loves them. And, you know, those people, like, even, like they can't even love you as they should sometimes. Like, um, my my roommate, like, she she always tells me, she's like, I, I love you, like, so much. And then she says, but, like, um, when she's giving advice, like, God loves you, like, even more than that. Like, just imagine even, like, like so much, so much more than that. Like I wish I explain it to you, especially when like I need more confidence and stuff. And like, cause I'm like, wow, like my, my, you're like my best friend and you're telling me like that you love me so much. And like, I know that is true. And then like, if you're telling me that God loves me a, a thousand times, you know, fold times more than that, who knows infinite, like, and whatnot. Imagine that kind of love then why am I chasing after like satisfaction from other things or like love from whether it be people or idols or like, you know, um, cause all of that is like kind of in vain then. So.
0: Could you close us in prayer?
1: Yeah, I would love to. Um, of course. So the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Lord God, I just want to thank you for this time today. Um, for um, you guys to know my heart more and just I hope that I said a few good things that might resonate with people. I pray um, just blessings upon the Catholic Center here at UGA. Um, I pray that the people that enter into the Catholic Center and into the chapel that they just know you more, that they just encounter you more. I pray that the second that people walk into this parking lot, that they just know that your spirit is here, that that you are dwelling here, and they just are transformed by you. That even people who aren't necessarily coming for church and whatnot, even when they're passing through just to, you know— to stop along their way as they try to get to their apartment or try to get to class and like they just step foot here or or drive by they just like know that your spirit is just flooding over this place i just pray for crazy awakening here I just pray for um People who feel as though they are dry and their bones are dry, that you come and um, prophesy over them and pour life into them and resurrect them and restore them. I just pray for our leaders in at the CC for them, just to know you more and just to lead with your spirit and with your heart and just more on fire for you. I just pray for this community to come together for friendships that are so virtuous and so joyful and. Um, just for experiences here that are filled with so much love, so much joy, so much laughter, and for um, you to come and perform miracles, come forth miracles of healing of and of faith and of just crazy, wondrous things, because you can still do that. You, um, you still perform miracles, and I just pray for hope to be restored in this place and for your love to pour out all the more and people's lives to change, and that it's only the beginning of this crazy transformation. I ask all these things in your name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening
1: to the Catholic Dogs podcast. Catholic Center is located at 1344 South Lumpkin Street. For more info on how you can get involved, check out our Instagram, at Catholic Dogs. See you at Mass.